0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, y'all made it real easy on me. I already testified and all that stuff. The ladies did all the preaching, so I'll just throw a few things out here. And, hey, man, no pressure on me at all. I could totally flop and we'd still have a good night. So, (laughs) Now, praise God, we are going to have a good a good time together here um, this morning. We had a discussion on what it means to be a disciple rather than to be a simply a convert of Jesus to simply have confessed a prayer and say, hey, yeah, well, now I'm a Christian. That's good. But we have seen that there is a difference in being a disciple tonight. I've got an interesting title for us, and it's called this. Remember to forget. It's kind of an oxymoron, but remember to forget because what i have observed amongst our christian family you know not only here but all over the world is that sometimes we have got a lot of things weighing us down from the past that we'd be a whole lot better to just forget forget it ever happened forget that that ever even occurred and you're like well i don't know if i can do that you can do it through the blood of jesus But there are some things that have happened that you are not meant to just carry with you forever. There's some things that you have got to let go. And we're going to look at just a few things here tonight, a few things that I believe the Lord is showing us that that as Christians could be holding us back from being everything that God has for us to do. And I can tell you this much, man, I don't I I don't want to live in slavery. And and the word tells us that we're a slave to, to whatever controls us. And I don't want anything control me except for Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll let him control me all day long, but I don't want any past memories. I don't want any burdens controlling me and my future. And so we're going to get into a few things here tonight. Let's go ahead and pray that I want you to pay attention and listen up and take some notes. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word. And we know that it's true. We know that your word can be trusted. Lord, you've never lied. It's impossible for you to lie. And so I pray tonight that as we open our Bibles and study... Your holy word. You'll speak to our hearts, Lord. You know what each person here is facing, God. You know what each of us is dealing with in our own lives. And we ask that you speak to each person where we need to hear it tonight. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, you've got to forget past mistakes. You have got to get to a place where you can forget past mistakes, Now, there's a time you know where we've got to own up to what has happened. I mean, we've got to own up to it. But thank God, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? And so there's forgiveness. And I mean, we we had some heavy stuff this morning. I'm not going to lie, man. We laid some stuff out there, and we're going to do that over the next few weeks. But there's no room in your life for condemnation over over things that have happened in your past, if you have repented, if you have given something to Jesus and, and and you've repented to Him for it, there is no room in your life for you to sit around feeling guilty about something that Jesus forgave you of. That will hold you back. Now, if it's something that you're not even sorry for, and you know you went out and robbed five banks last week and you don't even care, I mean, then yeah, you should feel really bad for that. You should feel terrible for that. But if you've made things right and you've and you've repented and you've brought it before Jesus, man, he's forgiven you. Isaiah forty three twenty-five. Let's flip over there. Isaiah forty three verse twenty-five. Come on. Isaiah forty three twenty-five. Hallelujah. And I want to remind you, as I did this morning, that on Wednesday nights we have a series going on called Call of Duty. Spiritual warfare and we're talking about some spiritual combat and I believe it'd do you a lot of good We're getting i'm getting a lot of good feedback on that We are getting a lot of good feedback on that and it's simply the word of god it's, It has nothing to do with anything that it's just the word of god But uh, but i'm telling you that some of you you need to learn how to fight spiritually and it's it's time for you to quit Losing some battles and start winning some battles and there is a way but you got to learn and so isaiah 43:25. I'm in the new king james on this The Lord says, "I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions, your your sins, for My own sake, and I will not remember your sins." Thank you, Jesus, for that. Come on, that's good news right there. Who's glad that Jesus isn't sitting up there thinking about your sins? Like I remember the time Susan did that. I still can't believe it. I and that was 1974. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. That was at least 2014. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Let's go over here. These people are friendlier. But but I'm telling you what. if God is not up there sitting around thinking about your sins. He says, I will blot them out. And it's for my own sake. Why? He doesn't want to remember that stuff. Do you want to sit around remembering bad stuff? He says, I'm going to blot out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. That's good news. And so, and so I break it down to this. I remember one day I was working at FedEx. I used to work at FedEx back in Indianapolis. And, and I was sitting there tossing boxes one day doing monkey work. And, and, and all of a sudden, I mean, th- these thoughts start coming to me. And the worst feeling of guilt that I've ever had in my life. Over some some sins, I mean, I had committed some sins and, and and some things that had happened in my past a few years earlier, and, and I mean, it just came down on me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, you repented all right, but you you still did it, and I mean, just these awful. And I'm sitting there. The, the longer I'm working, I'm like. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I am a worthless bum. I mean, there's no good here. I, I, it's what it's, I don't even know, man. And and I just after a little bit of time of dwelling on these thoughts, man, I never felt lower in my entire life. And I had repented and I stopped doing it. I, I had repented. But here it is coming back to me, weighing me down. And then it hits me. This isn't God reminding me of this because he said he doesn't remember my sins. And so if God's not sitting up there, hey, remember that time you did this? I remember. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Super bad. And God's not up there. If you are remembering things that you repented for and feeling complete guilt and shame over it, and you truly repented, that's not God bringing that to your memory. Because he said, I don't even remember that happened. I blotted it out for my own sake. I don't want to remember that stuff. He said, I will not remember your sins. So who is it that's bringing it to your memory? It's the enemy. It's the devil. Diabolos in the Greek. It is the accuser of the brethren. And so what's he doing? He's trying to bring up past things and trying to bring a wedge between you and God. Because if you sit there listening to that stuff for very long, you're going to start thinking, yeah, God is mad at me. Yeah. And it's going to drive a wedge between you And God, and He's sitting there, I have nothing to do with it. I don't even know what he's talking about right now. What are you talking about? But that is the devil bringing up our past mistakes. And so God has an incredible memory. I know that much because the word says he knows the hair, the number of every hair on our heads. I mean, you got to be have a pretty incredible memory. Considering there's like 7 billion people on the planet. I mean, God's got an incredible memory. But how is it if he can remember all that stuff? How does he not remember my sins? Well, he chooses not to remember my sins. And if God can choose not to remember my sins, then I need to choose not to remember my sins. There's a lot of power in your choices. You don't get that. There's a lot of power in your choices. In fact, the Lord even told us in Deuteronomy, he said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. It's up to you. Therefore, choose life. God has given you a lot of power when he gave you the power of choice. He chooses not to remember your sins if you have repented and apologized and made things right. And so you need to do the exact same thing and choose not to sit there remembering your sins because that's a lot of weight. That is a burden to carry and you don't need to be carrying that through life i mean sometimes there there's some hard hard uh hard road that you gotta you gotta walk walk on anyway there's some things some battles you gotta fight why make it a lot worse with carrying all that bondage all that weight around you need to learn how to choose to let go of some things from your past i'm gonna look at philippians chapter three philippians chapter three and I don't know a whole lot of people that have just got life right on the very first swing. There's not a lot of people that, you know, hit a home run, their very first pitch of all time. I mean, you know, there's probably some, but most people don't. And, and I was thinking about I read about Henry Ford. You know, Henry Ford, we all know that he was, you know, he invented the modern assembly line. Henry Ford was a very successful man. But in his early, he tried several businesses before he got into the automotive thing. And he, he went bankrupt five times. Before he ever did the assembly line thing and, and created the, you know, and, and, and did his work with the automobiles. And so he didn't get it right his first time, but nobody remembers that stuff. They just remember, hey, this guy, we're still, you know, benefiting from his, from his, uh, his genius up to this point in time. And there's a lot of stories like that, but most people don't get it right their first swing. And so I know everyone in here, we've heard testimony tonight about some things, even from, from some people's past and stuff. And hey, that's all right. Maybe you struck out that at bat, but guess what? You're up again. Let's do it again, man. This, let's do it this time, okay? Maybe you swung and missed the last time. That's okay. That is all right because you're still in there. And what does Second Corinthians tell us? Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. And so I may have struck out that time, but that doesn't mean I lost the game. I get another at bat. Thank you, Jesus. So Philippians three verses 13 and 14 in the New Living Translation, Paul said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So Paul said, I focus on this. I focus on forgetting the past. And if you know Paul's story, I mean, yeah, Paul did a lot of incredible things he wrote The majority of the books in the New Testament, all the epistles and and Paul was a successful man. I mean, he's a he's a, a I think it's a role model for all of us. But Paul had obviously a very terrible past in that before he became a Christian, he persecuted Christians. He was even there when they martyred Stephen and Paul was picking up their coats and cheering them on. Throw a harder rock hit him in the head. I mean, Paul was sitting there cheering this stuff on. And I believe he had some regrets that went with him because later on, Paul wrote, hey, I'm the chief of all sinners. He said, I'm the worst sinner there is. And I'm like, you, Paul? He's like, yeah, I'm the worst that there I'm the worst sinner that there was. But Paul had a revelation of forgiveness. And he said right here, I'm focusing on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Have you ever noticed? Now, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I'm observant on a few things. Thank you, Dad. Dad said, I've noticed that. All right, thanks, Dad. (laughs) And And so, have you ever noticed that when you're driving down the road, okay, we've got different pieces of glass in the car, okay? The biggest one is the windshield because you need to see where you are going. The smallest one is that little rear view mirror. It's a lot smaller. Now, it's there. You can kind of see, you know, what's behind you or whatever. But what happens if all your focus is on what's behind you? Well, you crash. You don't get very far. You run off into the ditch somewhere. And there's a lot of people. They keep running into things. They keep crashing in life. Why is that? All of their focus is on that one little area. That one little thing. They are focused on what is behind them. When they should be really focusing on what is In front of them and what lies before them, because that's what we're called to be looking at. And if you are too caught up just staring at the rearview mirror the whole time, I mean, you're going to be you're going to run into other people. You're going to crash their lives, crash your life. You're going to be a mess. Your focus needs to be on the right thing. And then in verse 14, Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God Through Christ, Jesus is calling us. And so he said, I am going to reach the end of this race and I am. I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish, but I'm going to forget the past and focus on what lies ahead. And so I'm encouraging you tonight. Man, if there's something that you have repented of, you've you've talked to God about you have asked for forgiveness and you just keep dwelling on it. Let it go. You have got to let it go because Jesus did. Amen. And so there's no need for you to sit there and let the devil beat you over the head over it for the next 50 years. If you truly have repented and you really are sorry and you have talked to God about it, let it go because he has no idea what you're talking about every time you bring it up to him. Amen. Number two, look past present trouble. And so we're, we've said you need to look past the past mistakes, but sometimes we've got all of our focus on the present trouble. And and that's also something else that we're not called to be doing. okay? and I'm talking about we got to we got to be aware of the battle that we're in. But what happened when Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus? There were some rough waters, but Peter, he started walking on the water because it says his eyes were fixed on Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, it says when he looked around and saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. And that happens to so many of us. When our eyes are on Jesus, we're doing the impossible, man. You're doing things you never would have been able to do on your own. But all of a sudden you're like, whoa, there's a lot going on out there. What's And you take your eyes off of Jesus and you look at the wind and the waves and you sink. We've all done it, every one of us. But listen to me. We've got to learn how to be able to keep our focus on Jesus, even when there's a storm raging all around us. Second Corinthians chapter four, let's flip over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. Remember to forget. There are some things that you've got to forget. And sometimes you've got to remember to forget them. Amen. Now that's deep right there. That is heavy. That's heavy. Someone make a meme of that and put it on. Get that on Instagram now. I'm kidding. All right. 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, you know, no, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. What? I mean, this is just starting to be even a bigger oxymoron. How do you fix your gaze on something that can't be seen? Have you ever walked up to someone that's just staring into deep, you know, they've got that blank stare on the face, nothing going on behind the eyes. And so you walk up, I've noticed a lot of times men were doing that. And, and so, you know, you're, someone will walk up, what are you looking at? Nothing. What? What are you thinking about right now? Nothing. And so my wife doesn't believe that I can actually sit there and think of nothing, but I can. I can. I can literally think of nothing sometimes. And you know what? There's such a freedom in that. <laughs> I think you ladies, you don't know what you're missing out on. You care so much about stuff. But every now and then, I just, I mean, I just unplug the brain and sit there and go into a vegetative state, and it is beautiful. But anyway, but anyway, that, that's the secret to my happiness besides Jesus, is being able to think of nothing. And, and, but, um, but it tells us right here, it says we're not thinking about the, the troubles. We're not looking at the troubles. We can see right now we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Well, how do you do that? And why do you do that? Well, for the things we see now will soon be gone. Whether you got a ton of money or no money, it'll soon be gone either way. You'd be a billionaire. And one of these days that will not matter because you are not taking it with you when you die. It is impossible. And so it doesn't matter. The things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we can't see Will last forever. That's a deep verse right there. It tells us. Why do we spend so much of our focus. So much of our energy. Obsessed. Absorbed. This world. I mean. It, it's easy to fall into this. Because it's what we can see. It's what we can. It's what we can look at with our physical eyes. But the word tells us. don't Don't get caught up in that. You need to have your gaze fixed on the things you can't see. And it's talking about the things of God. Talking about. Heaven, because heaven is going to last forever. Any good things you see right now, any trouble you have surrounding you right now, it's temporary at best. It will not be here forever, but heaven will be there forever. And when you get there, you're not leaving. You're there. It's you're good. You're you're in heaven and it is forever. And so I want to think about heaven. And so sometimes, yeah, I'll just sit there, and I'll, when I plug the brain back in, and like, okay, I'm ready to think again. I start thinking about heaven, and and I think a lot of times we fall short on that—that that we lose sight of, man. Even as good as life is here in this world, as as blessed as I am, I can't wait to get to heaven, man. I can't wait to be face to face with Jesus. I can't wait to actually be there on the streets of gold, and it's real, and it's going to happen someday. But a lot of times, we don't even think about that. We're too obsessed with, I don't get enough money for this, I, I'm not feeling good today, she said this about me, he said that, she wore the same shirt that I did to school, I mean, I just, I can't believe it right now. Girls actually get upset about that. I don't want to start a war with women, but I, I've noticed, because I did youth group for 10 years, and I noticed with girls, they can show up, and if two girls are wearing the same shirt... The nerve of her, I can't believe her. I'm wearing the same shirt. Two guys show up in the exact same thing. Cool, yeah, woo! Oh man, this is awesome. We're wearing the same thing. Anyway, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's incredible if somebody shows up wearing the same thing as me. I think that they're the coolest person in the world. But a lot of the, anyway, a lot of the young girls I know, they get upset about it. But anyway, you're not going to care about those things. You're not going to care about those things. And so why get caught up in the silly little things that hold us down? The present troubles, even though some of these things aren't even real trouble, when we should be fixing our gaze on the things that are going to last forever. And so, you know, no matter what we're facing right now, again, I say We've got to look to the future and we've got to realize that God's got something going on. The bigger the battle that you're in, that just means there's going to be an even bigger testimony. David wouldn't have been famous if he hadn't killed that giant. If he had just killed a regular sized guy, nobody would have cared. People did that, you know, in battle every day. But for somebody to step up and kill a giant, it took a lot of guts. But he did it. And hey, God used him from there on out. But listen to me. Some of you, you got giants you're facing and you're like, man, I wish I didn't have a giant. That's hey, man, it's awesome to be a giant killer. I'd rather kill giants than just regular dudes. I don't want to kill anybody, but figuratively speaking, figuratively speaking, I want to win big battles. Amen. I want to have big testimonies. I want to watch God do big things in my life. And so we can't get caught up in all these little things. I remember, you know, sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what David did. They came, you know, uh, we've read this story a while back, but all of David's men turned on him because the enemy came in and stole all their stuff, stole their wives and children. And David's men wanted to kill him. David got depressed and started crying. So David rejoiced, it says, and he encouraged himself in the Lord is God. And sometimes nobody's going to encourage you. And you can sit there and cry that and i I want to encourage you everybody should want to encourage you but just just face it we're adults sometimes we don't all have time to call you every day and encourage you so what do you do do you cry and badmouth us online no what you do is you encourage yourself and the lord your god and that's what david did but you got to realize that no matter what's going on better things are ahead if you don't give up Galatians tells us that we should not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It seems like sometimes due season takes a minute to get here, but it is sweet when it arrives. I remember our first year of college there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we were poor. We had to save up just to be broke. It was bad. We we were poor. One day, one of my friends saw me kicking a can down the street, and he said, what are you doing? I said, moving. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Anyway, so, uh, but we went through this period, okay, a few weeks there, and I mean, we ate ramen every day, and we, and we went to the cheap store. We, they actually brought one into California. It's probably a great place. I haven't been to the one, but we went to Aldi because you could get a loaf of bread for like a quarter, and you could get this fake cheese for about 50 cents. And so we ate ramen every day and we ate these fake grilled cheese sandwiches. The bread was awful. It was like sandpaper. In fact, we sanded down a table we were going to do. But anyway, it was it was awful. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And so you get this fake cheese, right? And I've talked about the fake cheese, but the stuff doesn't melt. We I couldn't melt it for anything. And I mean, I, and we had to eat it because it's all we could afford. Our food budget was $5 a week or whatever. And so um, we, we get this fake cheese. You pull it out. I mean, you can bear, you, you, you shake it and nothing happens. It's just like it's flopping around. And so uh, we're grilling these things every day. And I'm like, honey, I'm just going to be, I'm getting tired of this stuff, man. It doesn't even melt. You could hold the cheese to a flame and nothing would happen. I'm like, that can't be good for our insides. And we're eating this every day. But... Mom and dad called one day and said, hey, we want to fly you guys out here for Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, deliverance from the fake cheese. <laughs> I about got slain in the spirit. Just about. Katie about had to catch me like. It was that close. I was like, we're going to eat actual people food, honey, in three weeks. Now, the we, bad news is we got three weeks of fake cheese. The good news is we're going to eat real food in a few weeks. And so every day when we were tempted, you know, to be discouraged about our present troubles, we would say, no, no. Real food's on the way. Am I right? And so we landed in the Vegas airport and dad took us to uh, to state line. There it was a Buffalo Bills the, to the to the buffet. We went in there and we and I mean, I weighed like one hundred and thirty pounds. I'm six foot tall. I was like. Really, really unhealthily skinny. And, so, and Katie probably weighed 100 pounds. Or so. I mean, we were really underweight. And so I, we went into the buffet and we ate and ate and ate. Then we got sick. But then we ate some more. And it was, oh, oh, it was a blessing. It's a blessing. But listen to me. All of that, all of all the trouble we, what we were facing, we knew that hey, this is temporary, man. The Father is going to do something about this. The father's got an answer on the way. And some of you, you're sitting there crying about your fake cheese. And let me tell you this right now. The fake cheese doesn't last forever. You're not going to be eating ramen forever because something good is on the way. Don't give up. Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. I was trying to go quick and then you all started making stuff happen. Jesse was just talking to me about this. Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. I like this verse. No, I mean it this time. I really like this one. The. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 27. This explains a little bit about Moses here. But remember, we're talking about remember to forget. There's some things you've got to forget and you've got to focus sometimes on the right thing. Hebrews eleven twenty seven, talking about Moses, it says it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. And you don't realize what all Moses went through. This is the guy that grew up in the palace, right? As an adopted grandchild of the king. And he gave all that up. He chose to go live with the slaves. He chose to go out there and take the beatings with them and be one of them. He gave up royalty to go out there and and be part of that. Why? Well, because he decided, I don't want this, man. I don't. This is fake. This is wrong. I want to be with the people of God. But but through all the struggles, does it say here? He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Again, it sounds like an oxymoron. Well, how do you do that? Moses kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And I wish a lot of us would learn that lesson in our lives. You may not be able to see. God. Well, yeah, well, I can see these bills there. I can see them. OK, well, I can't see God, though. You are instructed in Scripture to learn, I mean, figure it out, learn, figure it out how to keep focus fixed on the one who is invisible. Well, I don't know how. Well, the first way is to start studying the word of God. Read his word. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the word. And so as long as you're reading your Bible, you're keeping your eyes focused on Jesus. That's one way to do it. But you have got to learn How to keep your eyes fixed on the one who is invisible. And the third thing I'm going to say is this. And this is going to sound wild, but please let me explain before you throw rocks. Don't be content with yesterday's miracles. I'm getting somewhere. Because we are to always be thankful for the things God has done in the past. No doubt about it. And I'm big on that. I talk about that a lot. But some people... That's as good as it's ever going to get. They never experience anything new in the Lord. Their last testimony was was 30 years ago, and and they're still stuck on that. And praise God for it. But let me show you something in Isaiah 43. I've got a reason for what I'm saying here. Isaiah 43, verses 16 through 19. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. You ever, ever been around an old guy that's just... Man, maybe he was like good at football in high school or something. You see Napoleon Dynamite. Remember Uncle Rico? OK, <laughs> guys like that, that, you know, man, back in high school, I could throw football a football quarter mile, you know, stuff like that. And 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 they're stuck in the past because nothing basically they man. They maybe had one, you know, a good season of life, but they quit being faithful to the Lord or whatever the case is. I don't know what the case is, but they're stuck in the past. Basically, nothing has happened since then. And so they're just reminiscing about the glory days way back then. And man, I know plenty of old guys like that, that, I mean, they, they, they've, they've done nothing else since then. And so they just sit around talking about, man, I used to have a 90 mile per hour fastball, man. I tell you what, man, man, hit me, I'm, I used to be able to hit a softball 500 feet, man. Like, okay. Bravo. What can you do now? Like, that was 30 years ago. You know, we're not, we're not making fun, but I'm saying, you need to get some new fresh testimonies under your belt. You need to have some you need to have a fresh relationship with the Lord. Thank God for the good stuff of the past. Never forget it fully, but you need to have some fresh things going on with the Lord. Isaiah 43:16 it says thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters who brings forth the chariot and horse the army and the power they shall lie down together they shall not rise they are extinguished they are quenched like a wick verse 18 Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, I've always considered every time I've read that verse, because most of the time I've just I've never read it in context. I've just read just that verse. And all it says, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Well, usually I'm like, yeah, man, I shouldn't think about the bad stuff in the past. And that's true. But this verse, and I'll show you, God is speaking to Israel about only thinking about the things, the good things that happened in the past, the Red Sea, the time that God brought him through the mighty waters and God saying, you don't you don't need to keep focusing on that now in its place. That's good. But let, let, let's keep going here. It says, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so I always thought, remember, not was just referring to the bad things of our past. But God's actually in this context talking about yesterday's miracles. Now, again, thank God for them. We do remember them and we do give thanks for them. But there has got to be a point in time when you've got something fresh going on in your life. If the last battle that you won was 50 years ago. And you've not, I mean, and you've been defeated ever since. That's not good. You should have something good going on. And so let me put this over in the New Living Translation, verses 18 and 19. And so the the previous several verses, he's talking about crossing the Red Sea and all this stuff. But verse 18 says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland or in the desert. And so why does God not want us to only remember and, and just only focus on all the glory days of yesteryear? Why is that? Well, there's several reasons. For one, you'll be just totally content with that and never reach for anything else. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, I knew a guy that got healed of cancer and. And then somebody said, well, what if he ever got it again? Would you pray for healing? Well, I wouldn't want to bug God again. I mean, why, why press my why well, don't want to push it with them? Like. Why not? If I got it again, I'd pray again and get healed again. Like, why not? But, you know, sometimes like, well, you know, listen, God can do it again. Absolutely. But sometimes if all of our focus is on the past, we're like Uncle Rico. We never try to do anything new. We never try to we never try to have any new victories. And I'm telling you, I know a lot of people that don't have any fresh testimonies. And why is it that God says, I'm about to do something new? Don't keep all your focus on the things of the past. Well, a lot of times I know people, they'll put God in a box and expect him to do things the exact same way every single time. And when he wants to deliver you in a different way, you don't even see it coming. But last time you did it this way. I I don't get it. Why aren't you not doing it again? And God's no, I am delivering you. Calm down. I am. I'm just doing it a different way this time. And sometimes we're like, no, it has to be this way because that's what happened last time. That's the only thing I've ever known. And we begin to put God in a box and think he can only do things one way. And God's got a lot of ways of delivering you. He he could part the Red Sea. I mean, he could shut the lion's mouths and pull you out of the lion's den he could send the fourth man, the Son of God, into the fiery furnace with you. He's got a lot of ways to deliver you. But sometimes we just know, hey, He did it this way. That's all I know. And bless God at work there. That's the only way that I... Listen, you've got to realize that God's bigger and more powerful than that. And He tells the children of Israel, "Here's a forget all that. I'm going to do something new for you this time. And praise God for what He did last time. But we have got to get to a place... Where we can say, you know what, I believe God can do it any way he wants to. And we need to start getting some fresh testimonies. And I, I find it very interesting here that, that he says it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do in verse 18. Because sometimes we limit God to the miracles of the past. Well, God came through that time. Yeah, but I only needed $100 then. Now I need 10000 Right. And in hindsight, like, yeah, that, that but that was, yes, God came through, but I had a headache and now they said I've got cancer or, or yeah, but but back then it was this. and But now it's really this. And sometimes if we don't approach it the right way. Now, listen to me. I'm we we absolutely realize we've got to be thankful and remember the great things that God has done. But some people, if they've never grown in their faith since that last battle, they think. Yeah, but that was that was one hundred dollars. Now I need ten thousand. I just that was that was nothing. And here I am now. We begin to limit God because our faith has not grown at the rate that it's supposed to. And we're just stuck in the past. Thank God for the good things that happened in the past. But you cannot just be content with yesterday's manna. Because God sends fresh manna every day to the children of Israel he said, and he said, don't keep yesterday's manna. I don't care if you've got a bunch of leftovers. Get rid of it. I want to give you fresh stuff every single day. And a lot of times we're, we're just holding on to. No, 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 no. We, we've got we're fine. We've got plenty of leftovers from yesterday. And God say, no, don't hold on to that. I'm going to bring you something new. And every morning God would send manna. He would send quail through the camp so they could have meat. God would provide water out there in the wilderness. Every day, God brought fresh stuff. But if you held on to yesterday's stuff, it became nasty and worms and all this nasty stuff would overtake it. And God said, I don't want you to hold on to it. I provided it then, but I've got something even better. I've got fresh stuff for you today. Fresh manna. And some people, though, they're like, no, no, no. I've held on to this manna for 50 years now. You know, I've got some good friends in Holland and one thing they told me, the biggest thing they did, they love they the U.S. They say it's, you know, so much better. But anyway, they, they told me this. The one thing they hate here is our bread. I'm like, what? Out of all the things, they're like, yeah. Because every day, the Dutch people, no matter what, if you have a bread from yesterday, you throw it away. You walk down to the village and you get a fresh loaf of bread that they just baked an hour ago every day. And I'm like, but man... I threw away the, I threw away my stale bread and I bought you guys wonder bread. That's not the fake stuff. This is the good bread. They're like, no, 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 no. That's not, you, you think it's fresh because you've been raised up, but that's not fresh. That bread was made, you know, days ago. And, and they said every day they get fresh bread and no, no bread that we could buy here. I mean, they had to make their own because that's just what they were so used to. But they said the bread here is awful because they were used to something fresh every single day and all of us i mean most of us i guess i don't know the difference i think i'm living high on the hog if i get you know the the wonder bread this week or the you know the iron kids or you know the name brand style i mean i'm like hey this is man this is so fresh they must have made this like last october this is good it's the good stuff <laughs> <clears throat> wow praise jesus but listen to me that that's because I've, I've just become so used to it and a lot of us we're just so used To not having anything new. We're so used to not having any fresh manna. We're so used to not having any fresh testimonies. But God said, forget that, man. I've got new manna on the way. I'm going to bring in a fresh supply every day. I'm about to do something new. I'm going to make rivers in the desert. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. Thank God for yesterday's miracles. But don't dwell on that because I've still got a future for you. I've still got better things for you. I've still got more things for you to do with your life. And if all you're focused on is what happened yesterday, you are going to miss out. And so it all boils down to this. There's some things that hold a lot of Christians back that we need to either change our focus of or some things we just need to flat out forget. And so remember to forget the things that need to be left behind. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.